0: We would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of Western Focus here on the No Rival Network. Jurgen, what are you doing back? Well, that's a great question. Steve and Blue were so dissatisfied with my
1: performance on the first episode, they banished my soul to the Shadow Isles. But that's quite alright. After you hear some of these opinions on the episode, you're going to want to join me. And do not forget to click that follow button to
0: keep up with everything No Rival here on Spotify. And now, into Western Focus, Episode 3, the Power Rankings Episode. Alright, so since we started off with the LEC in Episode 1, we're going to start off with our LEC half and then transition into the LCS. So, working our way from the bottom to the top. I think, in my opinion, the absolute easiest part is definitely the bottom two teams in this league. Without a doubt for me, it's Astralis and BDS. Kind of hard to decide which one's going to be ninth, which one's going to be 10th. The way I decided to set it up is BDS in 10th, Astralis in 9th. Just because I think that the Astralis roster has that slight bit of extra potential. You've got people like Finn there who have demonstrated good performance. Jung Hoon hasn't been necessarily a huge star, but I think he's got some good plays. And then Kabi's kind of the old reliable. But on BDS, also you've got Crowny. But then I think that the team around him isn't quite that same level of caliber, if you will.
1: So yeah, I agree with you with Astralis for sure. I have them as my 10th place team. There's not a lot that I really liked on the team. I think the one chance for maybe something interesting happening there is with one one three and DuJour. I mentioned this in the first episode with one one three, like watching his games in the LFL this year with K-Corp. Wasn't that impressive at all. So I agree that they're probably going to be 10th for me. And I do actually have a, a slight change with you there. I have SK in 9th. I'm going to give BDS a little bit of the benefit of the doubt with maybe some improvement from Adam in the LFL last year because I was looking around on some social media and stuff like that. There was one group that I saw that ran something in like their Discord and they did like votes for like each position and the teams and stuff like that going player by player. And a lot of them in the comments especially were like defending Adam a bit saying he improved. A decent bit while with BDS Academy. And if he did improve, actually, and I was not a big irrelevant fan uh, from what I saw of him last year, so maybe there's some improvement there. Marcoon is gonna be the one bright spot, I think, on SK, and then maybe Exekit can hopefully be decent. But I think that if there was some improvement out of a guy like Adam, I liked what I saw out of Shio with him in in BDS Academy. I'm going to give them the slight edge. BDS is going to be in my eighth seed. And then SK is going to be my ninth spot. And I also like that Crownie coming in. I think he can probably provide uh, a bit of a higher floor than what Exekick can do with SK, even if Exekick can improve a bit over the course of the split. I don't think he'll improve that much in winter for them to to make it uh, out of the bottom two.
0: Yeah, so I'm kind of more or less aligned in that sense with the bottom three i guess you could say because i have sk in uh, the seventh position or the eighth position i get i should say for me the the kind of big players here are the top side so marcoon for me is one of the best junglers in the league from 2022 at least i think he's got a really solid performance he can bring the team together in that sense and irrelevant again not the kind of player that would necessarily carry Contrary to his name, I think the guy's got potential. He's only been around for about a year now, and I think he still has room to grow. He's got a pretty good uh, understanding of how to put together like a weak side lane, where he, he won't necessarily be someone you put your resources into, but he can kind of carry his weight there. And then the rest of the roster, I'm a little unsure about the bot side, uh, just because I haven't seen them play the way that you have, but I still think that bringing in those players is a beneficial move for the roster minus getting retreats i've been very vocal on that but i think again this is the kind of team where they're going to be able to at least make it past that first elimination in the Bo ones, make it to the Bo threes, but just by a little bit and then yeah i have them in the seventh position there but then yeah moving up the rankings a little more in the what is that the seventh position now yeah, that would, for me, that would be the Mad Lions here, where they have, I think, upgraded their roster a little bit in regards to at least Chasey in the top lane over Armut, but then when I turn my attention to the bot lane, I just find it really hard to get behind this team. I've said it on in episode one, I think Karzi and Hillisang are going to be the absolute int central of the entire league. Sure, they might have their moments, but at the end of the day, these guys are completely out of control. I can see them completely running it down and putting up such a lead for the enemy team that it's hard to come back from. So kind of relying on Ilyoya Niski to pull it off, but I don't know if they can carry the weight of this bot lane.
1: So i actually have heretics in seventh i can't quite do mad lions that dirty i have them a little bit higher not like crazy high up but it's going to be heretics in seventh for me i like what they have as a roster that they won't be in that bottom two probably in the bottom three but i guess for it only really matters the bottom two to get out of that first split i feel comfortable putting them in seventh i think that they have some interesting pieces Ruby and Jack Spectra seem to be pretty fine in their respective leagues. Yankos obviously coming in is going to be the big name, and he's going to be the guy that's really going to have to try put his backpack on probably a decent bit of the time and either enable one of those guys around the map because Ebi can play a lot of carries too. And then obviously Yankos can carry. I'm not sure what his play style is going to kind of end up on this team where he is clearly the veteran presence on it, and he's probably going to have the biggest voice. But I just don't see enough talent in there. You can stack it up to Mad Lions and say that they're going to perform better than them just based off of the players. Like, I know Karzy and Hilly aren't reliable in in any sense of the word. And Elioli and Niski were reliable, but they kind of started to fall off, especially towards playoffs. We all know their story in playoffs. Again, it's not like I have Mad Lions that much higher, but I just can't put them below a team like Heretics, where I think there's just so many unknowns with these guys and how they're going to actually perform at the LEC level three of these guys haven't played in the LEC before eddie's been storied in japan he's got to come over and prove himself in a much improved league and then jack spectra has had some hype but he's got to be able to prove it still in Ruby. i wasn't super impressed by but i think he can maybe be again fine enough to not be horrible and just kind of keep this team in this spot If you told me they did finish higher than Mad Lions at the end of the year, I'd be a little bit surprised, not maybe crazily surprised. But I got Heretics in seventh. And then I'll go to my sixth, and it is only going to be Mad Lions. Like, I know, I made a big deal out (laughs) of sixth place. So, you know, forgive me. But, like, I agree with basically everything that you said in that, yes, Karzi, Hilly, they're going to be really, really crazy down there. Alyoya and Niski are going to have to kind of find their form again and figure out how they're going to enable him to go around the map and play that classic Miski play style that we've seen for a long time with him dating back to when he was on cloud nine and they were winning spring splits over there and then like you said chase you for our moot I don't think it I don't, it's gonna be hard for it to be a lot worse if worse at all than what our moot was doing I see a world where if they perform to like the 99 percentile where like Elioia and Niski were dominating like they were last year. Karzy and Hilly win the coin flip like 80% of the time. I still think they can win the split, believe it or not, but it's going to take, again, that kind of crazy 99 percentile kind of thing happening where everything goes right for them. And obviously there will have to be some stuff going wrong with those other teams as well. But I would actually give Mad Lions some credit if they can figure out the consistency issues and if they can actually flip the switch and be consistently great for at least when they have to be in playoffs.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to kind of flip things around a little bit just to kind of keep things on track where my her- for me, heretics are actually going to be in the fifth position where I see Yes, Jankos is going to be that veteran presence where he's going to be the voice, be the leader of the team, most likely, and potentially a bit of input from Ebi just because of his level of experience as well. Yes, in a minor region, but I think he's got what it takes. If, of course, he can break through that language barrier, I'm not sure what his English level is. I'm kind of on that Jack Spectra hype train. I think that this guy has really earned his spot in the upper league now. He's been working for it for a little bit now. and. I really want to see him pop off, potentially one of the new stars of Europe, maybe a little early to call that out, but that's kind of why I've got them in the fifth position here. And now here's the spicy thing. I think Fnatic are going to be in the sixth position. I know, I knew
1: you hated Fnatic. I remember yes, that from the last I've, time. I'm not surprised you had them in the bottom half.
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard for me to get on them, it, like on the hype train for them, just because as I said I think this is a downgrade on the roster you've got your wonder Razer humanoid carrying over from 2022 they weren't really huge carries the guys that would take over games and lead the charge or whatever it is of course they've had their moments and they earned their spot in the third in third place after playoffs ended but i can't forget the fact that the roster with upset ended up taking bottom half in the regular season And I think when you now bring in Reckless, who's been out of the big leagues for a year, and then Rux, who hasn't really been in the big leagues outside of those two play-in games, I'm not 100% sure how they're going to mesh and whether or not they're going to be able to take over for Upset Hilly. That level of carry Upset was able to offer, someone that the team could rely on more or less. Reckless is kind of the guy you just leave in the bot lane to do his thing, he's not going to pop off but he's going to get cs and eventually become relevant in team fights so where are they going to play around in the lane phase is kind of my concern and that's kind of why i've got them in sixth spot i just think you're hating to be honest maybe I just, maybe
1: i think like like i understand that there are going to be you know synergy concerns team cohesion concerns whatever you want to call it but i feel like that you can probably play through a lot of those different players depending on the situation and the draft you want to go with. I don't feel like they're a team where they have to like, you know, force themselves to like stuff it down humanoids. And they're like, yeah, you got to carry this game or Reckless. You got to carry. I know Wonder at one time was obviously really regarded highly, but I can't say I know a lot about his champion pool. Is he a, a carry player? Does he play tanks or is he a mix? What's, what's his deal?
0: So he's, he's very famous for his Gragas, actually. That's kind of the champion that he's he's more than once been like under his turret, his tier one turret, gets dove by like two, three people, outplays it, and gets a triple kill somehow. Beyond that, he kind of plays a bit of a mix, but yeah, he does lean towards tank champs, I think.
1: Okay. So yeah, then if that's the case, then yeah, maybe you're not going to be forcing Wonder to you know, be a main carry every single game. I feel comfortable enough with just, at the very least, the pedigree. Now, maybe that's something that I'm relying too much on is the pedigree of these players. Humanoid has been very reputable mid laner in the LEC for a couple years now, at least. Reckless has a long storied history, but I'm, I'm much more concerned about him just coming back from being thrown right back into a team where he's going to probably have to be pretty good. Again, I think I mentioned it in the first episode, it's not like I heard a lot of great things out of Reckless down there. So it is a concern for sure but I'm going to lean on them not being horrible and that's why I can't put them in the bottom half like when I, when I look at heretics for example like that's the team that's like we're kind of going back and forth with a little bit there and referencing them there's just too many unknowns for me. I like Jack Spectra. I think I said that before. Ebby's cool. He's a n- another nice carry player. But someone on that team, on Heretics, is going to have to give. Like, Ebby can't play carries all the time. I think Yankos is more known for, like, a carry-style jungler. He can't play carries all the time. Then Ruby and Jack Spectra are the guys that are probably going to be playing carries because that's kind of the role. One of those three guys and either Ebi, Yankos, or Ruby is going to have to give up some some control there in what they want to play and have to play a more supportive style. I I doubt it's going to be Yankos unless he's really going to be the veteran on the team and step up and say, you know what, guys, I'll just, like, kind of shock call and take the back seat. I'll do what I can to enable you guys. Because Ebi does not play tanks really at all. He did not play a lot of tanks in Japan. So I think something's going to have to give there. And I don't think the talent is there right now currently to go with someone having to give up kind of what they want to do and still play it at a quality enough level. That, that's my, my thing with Heretics in comparison to Fnatic. I don't have Fnatic uh, ranked quite that low.
0: So do you have them like high up, high up where we don't want to spoil yet, or what's the... I'm
1: I'm gonna be honest, I forgot what number we were debating about right now. So, so what number are we on?
0: We're on number five right now. I had heretics right, at number five, fanatic okay. at six. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so
1: I had mad at six, I think I went over that. And then yeah. I have vitality at five.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: I like the roster. I think that perks is gonna be in a very interesting spot to work with Bo for that mid jungle duo. Because everyone has raved about Bo for a while now. I raved about Bo in the first episode of, of this podcast. There's going to be an interesting thing to watch where can he replicate his solo queue solo cue style performances in this kind of a team environment. Where he's going to probably not end up being the main guy right off the bat just because I think Perks is going to have this kind of seniority and he can probably control more of what he wants to do with him. It's not like, it's not anywhere near Bjergsen in the four wards, but like Perks has like this level of seniority where I don't know if Bo is just going to be running crazy around the rift, you know, doing what he can do in solo queue, hitting rank one so quickly. If Bo is, is him and they do that and Bo can just run over every single game, I really like what the team can be playing through that kind of mid-jungle thing. I think Neon is a fine AD carry to to pair with Kaiser. I don't expect them to take over a lot of games, but I also don't expect them to be like a, a liability. So it's gonna really come down to what Photon, Bow, and Perks do to me. I wouldn't be surprised if they come a little bit slow out of the gate and maybe they do still struggle to kind of mash and figure out what they're gonna be doing. They can definitely struggle early, but if they hit, again I said it with Mad, like if Mad hits like 99th percentile, I can see them winning. I think if Vitality hits like maybe 70, 75 percentile. If if Bo is is going crazy and Photon's just solid top lane and not doing anything troll, if the bot lane's solid enough and perks is working really well. This is a team that I think can definitely win. I think it's an upgrade from last year, obviously. I have them 5th and then that puts me Fanatic in 4th. Interesting. Yeah, I just can't again, maybe just comes back to the pedigree of the players. I know the the roster was really kind of weird last year. I just I just like what I see enough to feel some sort of level of confidence while still understanding that yes, this team can definitely fall down. The ranks to like sixth to, to seventh, you know, if something crazy happens. I just give them the confidence of having Wonder Raz Wonder, Razork, and Humanoid staying there. You know, they can hopefully just stay stay together and synergize really well. Hopefully Reckless just doesn't stink. Because that would be really, really sad if he comes into this team and he's just not able to to live up to what. People are at the very least probably hoping to do. Maybe they don't expect him. But I also wouldn't doubt Fnatic that kind of what I said with Mad Lines, if they get hot at the right time, knowing that they're a streaky team, if they get hot in, let's say, weeks, well, I guess it's not the same format anymore, but let's say they get hot going into like the end of the best of threes and then going into the best of fives, maybe just maybe they can sneak up and, you know, have a good performance in the best of fives and sneak in there in that fourth seed. So. I think a lot of it's just going to come down to either getting hot at the right time or actually having everyone play somewhat consistently. And I feel like getting hot at the right time is going to be what happens. Kind of hard to put that in a prediction, but that's why I have them there.
0: Cool. Yeah. So then I guess we're going to end up having a very similar top three, because for me, the fourth spot, like, yes, I've got Fnatic in sixth, I've got Heretics in fifth. And then I've got Vitality sitting in the fourth spot. I think that they're going to be, yes, I agree with you in the sense that these are an upgraded roster over last year's uh, team. But then I think that I see this team doing well enough to put themselves in that fourth spot over the likes of Fnatic, over the likes of Heretics. You've got your stable, maybe even stable isn't the right word, but Perks is a guy that you can really get behind as a guy that's going to pull his weight. Even if it's not every single game, he has that talent to stay relevant. Bo, I think, is a phenomenal jungler based on his performance in pro before he got banned and his performance in solo queue lately. I think maybe he's going to need a couple weeks to get that rust off, but I expect him to perform very well. This bot lane, I think, is something that's probably going to go under the radar for a lot of people. Kaiser, when the meta isn't going to be as enchanter heavy, at least he should come back to form as this amazing player to set up engages, set up team fights. And like just that one hook or that one knockup or whatever it is that gets on that carry, the team can collapse. He's going to be huge. And then Neon, coming over from this, this dissolved Misfits roster now where when you had VTO carrying that team, the guy that was 1v9-ing, Neon was surprisingly consistent as a fallback. I agree. Yeah, when he busted out his Sivir or whatever it was, Sivir just happened to be meta this time around. In some games, he was the guy to carry if VTO wasn't stepping up to the plate as much. So I think this bot lane can be a huge thing for them to play around. Perks is going to be consistent. And then Photon with this roster around him, I think we'll have the time to develop and become the top laner that they need, play the weak side or however it is that the roster requires of him. So I have this this team in the fourth spot. Any thoughts?
1: I agree with the the Neon and Kaiser point. I don't maybe I don't know if they can take over a game, but I agree in the sense that yeah, like as a second option behind whether it's gonna be photon or bow or perks in any given game, they should be reliable. I, I would be surprised if they had like more than a few bad games over the course of the entire split, however far they would make it through. Because I, I, I loved what I saw from Neon in the playoffs. He was able to be solid, like you said, behind VTO and just kind of backing him up and being a threat when he needed to be. I think, again, it just kind of comes down to me that they're both volatile. Like, I can see both of these teams ranging up and down a few spots from where they're ranked. That's why it's like, I'm not going to put either one of them in the top three, because I think they're volatile. I I, like, you could predict them up there and you could probably be right. I kind of just aimed for like a middle ground with these two teams. And I feel like four and five, heck, you could, heck, I could see easily myself putting Vitality fourth and Fnatic fifth for me. You know, we had, you had Fnatic sixth, but. They're going to fall somewhere in this kind of middle ground, I think is like the safest spot to predict them being with understanding that, Hey, maybe they can finish second. Maybe they can finish sixth or seventh. So I think that's kind of was my thought process with it, especially with uh fanatic. I think vitality is probably kind of going to be in that three to five range. Fanatic is probably going to be somewhere in there two, probably three, five, three, six. I think four or five is pretty solid. And I think the top three teams are pretty, uh, pretty consistent
0: cool and then now we're going to get into the exciting takes i think where we're breaking into that top three the teams that may be getting a little ahead of ourselves but the teams that will be hoping to represent not the european league anymore the emea league at worlds with those three seeds but for me putting in the third position i hate to do this i'm a big g2 fan but at the same time looking at this objectively i think I will put G2 in this third position.
1: Yep, I have them third as well.
0: Yeah, so you've got you've got your broken blade, you've got your caps, kind of returning Mickey X. These are guys that have demonstrated that they have the caliber to rise up, to become those reliable players potentially contest for a title. But then when you bring in someone like Hans Sama who's just 2 years ago he was the MVP in Europe, argued as the best AD carry at least within Europe in that year. And then he goes to NA this past year and he wasn't quite that level of consistent. I feel like he was more or less invisible, at least in comparison to his past performance. So I'm curious to see whether he can shake that off, bring himself back to that form he used to be in. And then Yike, I think is someone that deserves the spot in the upper leagues for sure, but a little hard to put this roster up there because of his freshness. You have Yankos, who was the leader voice of the team, and now you're replacing him with a rookie. That's really going to shake up the dynamic. And I think not enough to put them down below, but enough that they won't be contending for the title just yet, potentially in the summer. But for now, at least I do have them in that third position.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think when I look up the roster, it's definitely... It's I shouldn't say definitely. It's a slight downgrade I'd say from last year. Yankos Costayek is a, a decent size drop off. I liked Flakid enough to the point where I was kind of surprised that they brought in Hansama, and then I really liked Targamas. So I was definitely surprised that they decided to bring back Mickey. This is while this is the tier where I'd say that these are the three teams that I would expect to probably win. I feel very comfortable. I think just like you said in putting G two in the third spot. I'm really kind of just expecting Caps to be the rock for this team. And then Broken Blade as well. He's pretty consistent. The big thing that I'll be looking at along with Yike, obviously being a new guy on the scene, you're going to want to see if he can hold up uh, in such what's probably going to be a high-pressure environment, a team competing for the title, is going to be Han Sama. Like you said, great reputation in Europe before, left to Team Liquid, and he had, I think maybe it was like a very small period where he came in and looked pretty decent. He ended up being just pretty decent. He was far from the guy that everyone's expecting him to go over to North America and just kind of stomp in, take over, and he was going to be the top guy in the league. Now, Berserker kind of had a hand in that. He came in with C9, and he ended up being the top ADC in the league this last year. He was really just smurfing it. That wasn't necessarily... P. Sama probably wasn't going to be stepping up with Berserker anyways, Still, he did not live up to the expectations that we had of him. So he's really going to be under some pressure, I think, to bounce back and become a reliable carry option. Now, you do have Broken Blade, who does know how to play a good carry champion or two. So maybe it's not going to be the most dire thing for Han Sama, some people could argue. And I guess I wouldn't entirely disagree with that. But I still think with the name and the reputation he has... I liked Flackett enough that I would have rather have seen him stay on the team over Han Sama, at least based off of how he played in North America. So he's going to have to prove his worth. I don't know if I necessarily would have put G2 higher with Flackett, but I think at the very least, you know, he's a younger guy. He showed some promise last year, and I would rather have seen him than Han Sama on the team. So I think they fall pretty solidly in third, especially with some of the moves that uh, the teams above them made, one, one of them in particular.
0: Yeah, I think we're in agreement there pretty clearly but then i'm not sure how we're going to go here because in second spot for me i've actually got excel looking at this roster on paper yes this is the flashy team the team that you would expect to bring it through win that title potentially but i'm not sure i'm confident just enough for them to break through and become the title holders so that's why i have them in second position you've got your Odo omni playing the weak side you've got your vto huge 1v9 hyper carry patrick maybe not that level at the top just yet but i think he has the potential to be there Targamus i think really deserves to be on this roster as you said he was huge with g2 and i want to see him do really well but then Zerxe, this is the guy that i've got huge question marks on why is this guy on this team when you had marcoon already why did you replace marcoon wizard say it makes no sense to me can i see him doing well sure i just don't see him doing well consistently enough for them to win the whole thing so i don't know i i would even potentially knock this team down one more one or two more pegs just because of that jungle position because you need a jungler to be relevant need a jungler to get your lanes ahead and contest those objectives and whatever it is. And Zerxe just isn't doing it.
1: Yeah. I think you're going a little bit hard on Zerxe there, but on the other side of the same token, I love, I love what XL did again, basically for what all you said already, Odo is going to be a rock. I mentioned my hype with Targamas when I was talking about G2, I loved watching Patrick in playoffs. That was really fun to watch him play he had that kind of interesting pick with Danila, especially. He really knew how to play that champion well from what I saw in those games. VTL coming in, spring split MVP. He's going to be another very reliable guy to have in the mid lane. With all of that being said, I have them second as well. I just, I need to give the benefit of the doubt to the number one team. Surprise, surprise, it's Koi. With the continuity that they're going to have with four of their five players, And then with Zagenda coming in, I just don't feel like it's going to end up mattering too much. I don't think there is a drop-off there, for sure, from Zagenda to, from, I should say, from Odawame to Zagenda. I just don't think it's going to matter enough to the point where, like, yeah, even if it is, like, a slight downgrade, I feel like the core of that roster is going to be more in cohesion with each other. They know how each other want to play the game. I'd assume they all like each other. They all stuck around, you know, for... The rest of them so i'm gonna kind of bank on synergy and there not really being a big drop off in the top lane to put coin number one Whereas with XL and two, there's going to be some shuffling going on. There's going to be, I'd like to think not necessarily some egos, you know, but like Vitio had a great season in spring. He's going to want to try to rebound. Patrick was a great carry in XL. He's finally getting a good team to come in. So, you know, he's going to be really wanting to prove he's doing well. Targumas got kicked off a of G2. He's going to want to prove that, hey, you know, screw you G2. I'm actually really good and I want to come in and take over the league. There's going to be a lot of excitement in that team. And especially with a lot of younger guys there, I think uh, mainly in the carry positions, you're going to have to kind of rely on Wamne and Xerse to kind of rein them in and not let them go too out of control. So I'm kind of relying on that being the deciding factor, whereas I think they're probably just as talented as Koi. It's going to come down to the team cohesion for me to put them in second and then Koi in first.
0: Yeah, so very similar line of thinking i have koi in first as well big surprise the last team i haven't talked about yet i agree with you in the sense that this roster proved themselves in the summer i wasn't really a believer because yes you've got the rogue memes where they always choke and they really pulled through they deserved it i also agree with you in the sense that i don't think shigenda is enough of a downgrade to bring this roster down looking at just worlds at least Odoamne in the first few games when they really popped off, he was picking up that Maokai broken champion, by the way. What the heck was that? He he pulled his weight there, but I don't think he was really that relevant even later on when Maokai was getting banned out and he had to default to his other champions. I think that Shigenda might, and this is a really spicy take, might even be just enough of a little bit of an upgrade that this roster might even be a little better because you've got your comp and, and trimby in the bot lane. These guys are popping the heck off. They're they're doing really, really well. Larson's Mr. Consistency Mr. Consistency. Malorang is the guy that's pulling out this Jarvin and setting up the plays. So Love the Malorang. Exactly. I see this roster hoisting another title and I think they deserve it.
1: Yeah, and I think that maybe I was going in a little bit too hard on Jugenda too, because I remember watching Some of the games, I think he was on Vitality B when I was watching Diplex uh, for the LCS episode. I wasn't really sure what to expect of him, but he ended up actually playing, I think it was all carry champions in the games that I watched. It was only like four or five games. So if he does actually play the carries, because I don't remember his champion pool off the top of my head. And if he plays them reliably, that does add another little bit of a dynamic shift in there. Where it's like you don't have to play around agenda, but hey, if you want to put him on... You know, something more of a bruiser or a carry, maybe something like a NAR or a Camille. You know, you have that other option to be a threat. They don't have to rely on just like, hey, you know, get on Maokai or Ornn and just shove them in the weak side role all the time.
0: There you have it, guys. This is our LEC Power Rankings. And now we've got another league to talk about. So Steve, take the reins. We're going into the LCS.
1: So yep, going across to North America now, just like with the LEC, we will be starting from the bottom up. I think with both leagues, I think the bottom teams are pretty easy to determine. In 10th place, I have TSM. The only real bright spot I like on the roster is Boogie. I mentioned that in the last episode of watching him play with Estrel in Latin America. He was great. He had a lot of dominant games, much more of a carry-style jungler, and He showed why in in that league. I just don't have really a lot of optimism for anyone else on that team. Solo, Boogie, Maple, Neo, Chime. I think Chime's the only other guy where, like, maybe there's some promise in. He's a bit of a younger player still. He hasn't had a lot of LCS experience, so maybe there's some room to grow. But when you have a guy like Neo with him there, who's also just not, like, a super quality player... He's not really going to be getting a ton of, like, great lessons, you know? So you'd have to rely on the coaching staff and whatever they have there to help improve him. And I just don't think it's going to be a great environment for him to to get battering. I at least think Boogie coming in has some decent level of skill already. Maybe he doesn't improve a ton inside of TSM, but maybe he shows off enough of what he has already. He can kind of work up the the tiers of the, the LCS team. So yeah, TSM and 10th for me.
0: Yep, I'm fully on board with that one. I've got TSM in 10th as well. I don't really see the same level of hype for Boogie that you might. I think he could definitely perform, but similar to what I said in last episode, I just, I see nothing in this roster. And I don't even think the coaching staff is going to be able to pull anything out of this, really. TSM, Reggie, you need to pull out that wallet, man. Like this roster is just not going to cut it. So 10th place for me as well
1: yeah maybe he does have to sell the house actually i don't know if he has or hasn't already but if he hasn't might be the time to start thinking about it for sure so for me in ninth i have immortals i like what they did in mid lane and that's about it in terms of the the new additions that they made i think revenge can you know hopefully finally find some consistency and improvement and solidify himself at the very least as like a a middle of the pack top laner in the league is young enough that I'm not going to be too hard on him for being thrusted into that team last year. A Blaze Olive, I like. He's a solid enough mid laner for the league. I don't necessarily think he has that top tier potential. I think if they want to have a guy to, to play around, it can definitely be Olive, and hopefully it can, it can be revenge as well, finally. Kenvi has some room to grow, like I said, and then I just don't like the bot lane. I think tactical is probably a lost cause at this point. And then Fleshy watching him uh, play in Turkey for a select few games, I was not really impressed. Probably not the the caliber of player that I would think will succeed for a very long time in the LCS. Kind of like TSM, there's just not a lot there for me. But I give them the benefit of the doubt, like Revenge and Olive are decent enough that they won't be last.
0: Yeah, so i'm going to take that a little bit further i've got them in the eighth position immortals Mm. i think they i kind of mentioned this a little bit i think there is that little spark of potential here i really want to see revenge succeed and i agree a blaze olive is a really good pickup for them to bring them out of that gutter that they were in this past year but not quite enough to get them any higher and then for me, the ninth position, I give that one to Golden Guardians. Oh, I, I think like as I said before, this is the team of washed-up players that sitting grounds right now. Where where? What are they going to go with this? Stick say, get him out of the LCS. Come on, this guy's washed. He, I I hate to be that mean to someone, but he. It's time for retirement. he's similar situation. Maybe he's got a little bit more in him, but I can see him retiring soon enough. Gory is that guy that might. Come back to form since he used to perform, but again he's been on the downwards trend. Licorice downwards trend. River downwards trend. I think that they're a little bit below Immortals' caliber.
1: I think Gory's gonna be him in LCS. I think he's gonna be him in LCS. So I gave them the benefit of the doubt there. So much so, my eighth seeded team, I put Counter Logic Gaming. Maybe I'm just a hater, because I don't like the fact that they didn't change anything. Uh, I, I beat it to death in the uh, LCS episode, the last episode that we did, so I'm not going to ramble too long about CLG. I like Luger, and then I think everywhere else definitely has room or had room to be upgraded in the off season. I think that despite what they performed last year, good for them. They figured out something last year. It's not so much that they got worse, obviously. They kept the same roster. I think enough of the teams in the LCS got better, that's going to be hard for them to stack up. So I have them in eighth, and then I have Golden Guardians up in seventh because of my man Gory. I like, yes, he's he's had that downfall from from what people thought he was going to be to now. I completely agree with you. I'm not denying that, but I think that there's just enough. There's there's still enough talent in there for him to be a really good LCS level player. Maybe not, you know, in the other parts of the world. But for the LCS, there's enough just raw talent in there. He will probably just, like, single hand Assuming River just helps him out just the tiniest bit, like, he can probably take this team up to 7th. To I, I, I like him, like, over Palafox and CLG. I like him over Olive on Immortals. And while the team's... The, the teammates around him aren't, like, they're definitely not leaps and bounds better, but I also don't think they're leaps and bounds worse than the guys on CLG or the guys on Immortals. So I'm putting my faith in Gory and that Golden Guardian is going to finish 7th. And then, like I said, CLG just, I think, the, I think the other teams got better and they didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, so I'm not going to shake things up that much. I've got TSM 10th, Golden Guardians 9th, Immortals 8th, and then I put CLG in 7th. A little bit of variance, but not too much. I think that this roster showed that they have enough potential because again they placed 4th in the regular season fell off a little bit in playoffs but i think again this roster has enough in it for me to put a little bit of faith in them clg faithful this has been a meme in the cast at least where the clg faithful have finally been rewarded it's been and i want to yeah exactly i want i want to see more out of this roster but and again i won't ramble too much but i think that they've got enough potential use this split in the spring clg to feel out who are the consistent enough players to keep then make one or two changes as i said and power into the summer split potentially looking for at least contention for a world spot
1: Yeah, and I'm not going to go on a rant trying to defend why I put Golden Guardian 7th and CLG8, so I'll just drop it, and we'll go on to the 6th rated team in the LCS, which for me is Dignitas. What about you, Blue?
0: Yeah, for me, Dignitas as well.
1: I think that's also kind of obvious. I think, again, at least for me, very similar with the LEC. I think that there is definitely, you hit a point. In the LEC, where it's like, yeah, like, Koi, XL, G2 are the favorites. And then you got this mixture of, like, Fnatic, Vitality, and Madlines as that next tier. LCS is just, like, slightly different. There's, like, those, to me, like, those bottom three, four teams that I have where it's like, yeah, those teams will probably end up being somewhere in that bottom four. And then DIG is this team that, to me, they're kind of just in no man's land. I think that the roster in general, like, just in purely isolation, looking at the roster from last year to this year, it's a big upgrade. You bring in Santorin to help uh, come replace what River was last year. You bring in Jensen, a huge upgrade over Blue. And then Armut from Gamsu, that's going to be kind of contentious, but I, I'll assume that Armut will be better than what Gamsu was last year. Spawn and Ignar, maybe it's a little bit more interesting in the bot lane from what Neo and Biofrost were last year, but I'm counting on it being an upgrade. But that's the one point where I hammered in last episode, where it's like, Spawn, I'm just not... A real believer in at least right now, seeing what he did in LCS for that brief period of time last year. I'm not sold on him as a, a good enough player. So that's why I have in six. I feel like if they got someone else there that's a little bit better, a little bit more known or reliable, maybe they can sneak up to fifth. Maybe they could sneak up to fourth. But I just think they're kind of in this no man's land where they did a good job upgrading the roster, but it's just not enough to make them anywhere near a true contender.
0: Yeah. So I'm. Again, I've got them in 6 just like you do, so I'm in a very similar train of thought where spawns, as I said, I think they pulled them in more or less out of necessity because the good ones were all taken. ignore I'm not really big on. Armut, for me, Armut is the very easy to peg in power levels right now because we saw him play against impact or lane against impact, I should say, in the worlds that last play-ins best of 5 and impact completely smashed him all three games. So I think within the microcosm of NA, he's still not going to be good enough, but I want to see him succeed, so I don't know. And then Santorin and Jensen, those are the two guys that they're going to be relying on for sure. Mid-Jungle synergy is really important, and I think they're going to have enough of that that they're going to be able to pull this team away from the bottom tier and potentially look into making some sort of run in playoffs. But Again, not enough. They, they'll they probably end up in 6th for me.
1: Yeah, I'd be surprised if they finished below 6th just because I think the teams that I have below them, like, except for CLG, I'd, I'd give CLG the benefit of the doubt. But I feel like the teams below them, it's just like they're not going to have enough enough firepower to compete with Dignitas. Like, you know, it's 6th, big whoop. But I think that's probably, I feel like most confident, I'd say probably other than like TSM being 10th, I'd say that Dig will end up 6th. So then that leads us to the fifth fifth place spot. And I think this is where it can kind of get interesting depending on like the what you think is going to happen maybe with some of the bigger roster changes coming in. In fifth place for me, I put EG. The biggest reason why was the bot lane. FBI coming in is just not the, the kind of player that I would have liked to have seen come in and like be a, a reliable guy I think that he has the the ability to do so but I think the downgrade is big enough from Danny to the point where I just I just don't feel as comfortable with uh, with that side of the the map anymore I like the idea of bringing in somebody from impact because you're getting kind of a, a similar skill level of a player. The, the dynamic that they bring into the lane is way different. Impact's much more of a weak side top laner. He'll kind of just do his thing on his island. He'll win some 1v1s, you know, every now and then, but it's not like that's his job is to, like, get ahead and, and carry and take over the game. Someday, that's what Someday likes to do. He likes to be put onto those carries. He likes to have this agency in the lane and kind of try and take over So I like that they brought in this kind of um, another carry threat in the top lane. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of FBI, but he's he's still competent enough that he can carry a game. So I feel really comfortable in all of someday-inspired JoJo and FBI to help take over a game. I just don't know, again, like, I think the teams that are above them, they just got better and i, I feel like EG's is probably a side grade overall the, the the talent is there where if this was like last year i feel a lot more comfortable with them being higher up i just feel like it's going to be one of those things where you know they they improved but i think there's probably enough improvement from the other teams where to me they just graded out in fifth
0: yeah so for me i'd say that the top five is definitely the hardest of the of the bunch to rank. And as we were talking a little bit just before this, I as I said, I think I could put any of these top five in the in the contention for the title, really. So really hard to decide, but I agree with you that EG is probably going to be the one that ends up in the fifth spot. Very similar line of thinking, where if we look at their performance to the end of the summer just now, in that best of five where they were battling against TL for that last world spot, it really was neck and neck, and it could have gone either way. And I think that, realistically speaking, EG is, as you said, kind of a downgrade or a side grade right now, where FBI, they got the best of what they could with Danny missing, but he probably won't be quite enough. And then someday, I'd say, is at least one one or two steps below impact. So for me, this roster just doesn't have quite enough to compete with those top four spots. So EG in fifth for me, too.
1: Yeah, and I wonder what the situation was with Cowrie with them, because I liked what I saw from Cowrie enough. I, I, I was actually lucky enough to go to the LCS finals in Chicago. I was there for semifinals and finals. I saw Cowrie play against FBI in that bot lane with Hundred Thieves, and they they won. It was a tight series, but they won. So, and I, I think even seeing Kaori play at Worlds a little bit, he was he was far from bad. he he, he was pretty decent. So I would have liked to have maybe even seen them just stick with Kauri and, and ride ride him out. I don't feel like the FBI upgrade from him is really warranted, be a surefire. Things like, yeah, like we've got to get FBI over Kauri. So I wonder if they just wanted to let him go or if he wanted to get out and go you know, back home. Or I don't know if he went back home. I think he went to, uh, back to Europe. So maybe there was something that uh, he wanted out. I would have liked to have seen Kauri there, though. And I think that maybe it doesn't necessarily improve them a ton but you'll kind of stick with the guy that you have. He already has synergy with Vulcan a little bit from working with them last year and stepping in for Danny. So I would have liked to have seen that maybe as well.
0: Yeah, I can see that. But I, I do think, for me at least, FBI is probably the right choice. Hard to say again, but I think FBI is good enough to take that spot.
1: Yeah, he, he he's good enough. Again, at the end of the day, it probably doesn't make too big of a difference. So I'll digress and, and we'll move on from there. To the fourth seed, which for me is 100 Thieves, and I feel like that this is a roster where some will some will probably love it. Some will love seeing Doublelift coming back in and and Bierkson reuniting with him and, and having that kind of combination back, and then bringing in Tenacity and boost shows nice because then you're kind of appeasing the fans who want to see the NA talent coming in. But I'm sure there's also going to be a lot of people that don't like the roster because they're just bringing back Double Lift, who's been streaming for a while now, and You know, they're just kind of hoping that, oh, he does good. And then on top of that, not to mention that they did sign Unforgiven, and now he's just going to be chilling in Academy. Unforgiven was on Mad Lions last year. He did pretty good in Mad Lions. I liked watching him play. I don't think he was necessarily a a stellar player. He did end up finishing with the first team for the LEC. I think it was in summer last year. You know, there's going to be some people that are mad at that. I think they'll probably end up finishing fourth. But this is also kind of what I was talking about with Fnatic. This is a team that I think will end up probably being a bit volatile. They can definitely win the split. I can easily see them winning the split, but I can also see them like booming and probably going like seventh or sixth, something like that. And they're just going to be kind of like vitality last year. I'd assume Doublelift coming back will be good because I feel like he's the type of player to have that confidence and have that ability. He probably wouldn't be coming back if he didn't think he was good enough. But what if he isn't? That can be a huge drop off. And then... Maybe fans start going for unforgiveness. Unforgiven. Is Unforgiven going to come up and step in? I don't think there's a world where 100 Thieves could actually let Unforgiven step in if Doublelift is bad just because of the branding. And I feel like that's going to be a very tenuous decision if it does actually come around. And then the other big thing I'm looking at with 100 Thieves is tenacity. Because tenacity is a carry player. He has been hyped up for the last couple of years as a carry player. You watch his games in Academy. He pops off on carries. That's what, he, that's, what that's his thing. So I mentioned this in the last episode as well. Will he actually be enabled on carries and be an option? Or is he going to have some sort of a, do, a reduced role? Or maybe he can play carries, but maybe he's not going to be focused on it. He just kind of has to do his thing one versus one. Or are they going to try and pigeonhole him on tanks and let him maybe try to expand his champion pool while trying to compete for a title and just, you know, try to have double it carry? I feel like there's enough question marks here where I can't feel comfortable putting them much higher than fourth in a prediction, but if all goes well, I think they can definitely win.
0: Yeah, so here there's gonna be a bit of divergence because for me, I've got 100 Thieves sitting in the third position. So okay. similar line of thinking in the sense that there there's going to be volatility here and I'm not entirely sure that they're able to claim the title. For sure they can, but I don't necessarily see it happening right now. A lot of what I talked about, I kind of built a little bit of a narrative where Closer and Bjergsen are going to be a a huge jungle mid synergy that really can benefit off each other and start moving around the map, getting double lifts, your carry ahead, getting tenacity your carry ahead. But then for me, what's enough to put them in third rather than any higher is the fact that they might have too many carries, too many big personalities. So similar to kind of what Fnatic suffered from this past year. I think Doublelift is going to be very opinionated coming back from his two years off or whatever it was. He's going to have a lot of opinions, a lot of thoughts on how the game should be run. Tenacity, I'm not sure the type of personality he's got, but since he's a carry-oriented player, I think he's going to at least try to demand those resources. And then you've got Closer as well, who loves his Viegos and that kind of champion where he pops off one v nines, wins the game for his team. So I think that they're going. There's going to be at least at first a bit of butting of heads, and that's kind of why I've got them in third. And then in fourth spot, you're probably gonna hate me, Steve, but I've got C9 in fourth.
1: Oh, don't you dare!
0: I I know it's maybe a little too controversial, maybe too much of a spicy take. But for me, I'm going to frame this specifically looking at just the spring split right now as they're going to start playing. Where Zven, he he hasn't had. A lot of time on support yet and he's been able to fall back on enchanters which kind of fit his playstyle. i had talked about that a little bit diplex i think is good because he's a newbie he's going to need a little bit of time to adjust into this new atmosphere into this new ecosystem for the summer i could see this team popping up and becoming title contenders but for the spring at least i'm going to put them in fourth just because they need that time to figure it out and i'm not high enough on them to put them any higher than that
1: I'm going to bounce back really quickly to 100 Thieves and you're talking about Tenacity. And while I do agree that, yeah, he's a carry player, I just don't feel like he's going to be able to be in a position to come into the team and, like, like literally demand attention or demand resources with Bjergsen and Doublelift on it. I just, and Closer, and you know, for what matter, I'm sure closer is going to be able to have, you know, more agency over what he wants to do as well, not just bowing over to Bjergsen and Doublelift. Like, Tenacity's not going to be able to come in and just say, like, closer come come to my lane right now you know like that's he's gonna have to play that kind of second fiddle i would assume maybe even third fiddle depending on how bierkson's gonna be you know i'll I'll digress on that i think that he's definitely capable of of being a carry you watch him play in academy dude's crazy but i feel like he might end up being in a bit more of of the one v one situation where like i'm sure he will still get you know a share of the attention but it's not going to be focused on him going into c9 for third i have them ranked third for me and I didn't like doing that. I did not like putting C9 third, but I kind of had to. The biggest thing for them is obviously going to be the mid lane. That's the only spot that they changed. DePlex coming in right away probably won't be as good as Jensen was last year, but there's obviously going to be room for improvement. He's a younger player. Watching him play with Vitality B, he was pretty good. I think there's going to be a good opportunity for him there to cement his role, and there's going to be some extra pressure on him with MS in Academy, who has... The reputation of being kind of toxic has a bad history but he's an insanely strong actual player that's another storyline to watch there and then like you mentioned with Zven he's finally getting this full year to play support but is it going to be enough he's going to have a lot to learn and expand his champion pool onto the more engage and tankier champions if it's still an enchanter meta then you know you obviously feel a little bit more comfortable because that's what he was playing going into last year I, I can't confidently put C9 uh definitely not first. I could probably see them. Or I could actually I could probably see myself confidently putting them in second. I'm going to give another team ahead of them just a little bit more of the props. Not not a huge difference between you and I there. Basically swapping just around 100 thieves in C9 and I think it'll probably end up being pretty close. I think C9's going to have the more consistency. But hundred thieves is going to be a lot more volatile, so hopefully, if hundred thieves just doesn't boom, it can be a pretty fun competition with like C nine hundred thieves and evil geniuses going into maybe fighting for either somewhere between one through three or one through five, something like that.
0: Yeah, and then spicy times—we're going into the top two. Who do you have in second? Who do you have in first? Let's drop it out and lay it out on the table here. In
1: second place, I got Team Liquid. I got yeah. Team Liquid in second and FlyQuest first.
0: Okay, so there's not going to be enough divergence there. I've got similar story here.
1: Yeah, I think that coming in with uh, this Korean-speaking roster is going to be very exciting to watch. It's going to be a more try-hard version of what C9 did last year, bringing in LS and Berserker and Winsome and Summit. Obviously, that blew up very quickly for whatever went on with LS uh, behind the scenes. So Summit coming back in is going to be pretty cool. Can he actually improve from his weaknesses that were exposed in playoffs, just like chain dying so often? He's a great mechanical player, but he needs that awareness still of where the jungler is, how far is he up in the lane. And I'm sure he trusts his mechanics enough to the point where that's probably why he's not considering those things as much because he probably believes he can probably win the 1v2 or at least outplay enough and live. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can either round out into a more complete player or if that's still going to be the same kind of story. And then Piotr coming in is really, really crazy. Did it happen with Impact? Was that season three that he won Worlds and did he come over in season four to North America or is that a little bit later?
0: I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know that there was a very small gap. So it was either he immediately came to North America or there was a one-year gap and then he came over. But yeah, very similar. Yeah, because
1: so it's like, I can't remember, you know, a world champion defecting to North America right after winning. No, uh, maybe no. poor JJ did
0: it too. No, no, no. I remember now. No, he, because if you remember, it was LMQ that was in contention for season four. And then in season, or wait, was it? No, I, I yeah, I think that was season four where they were, it was LMQ and the LCS, and then they rebranded to Team Impulse, and that's when they brought an impact. So I think that's yeah. what happened.
1: So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's wild that we're seeing a world championship jungler coming over to North America. Um, you know, Piyoshek did have some troubles with DRX in the regular season, so I w- I'm not necessarily surprised that he didn't go back to DRX, but come to North America, is wild. He'll he'll probably just end up being very least the second-best jungler in the league. Like He can probably have maybe some ounce of debate with, like, Inspired and then Blabber, I'd say. But he's going to be very, very solid coming over here. And then Core JJ sticking around. It was either going to be Core or Bjorkson. They went with J, and obviously for this vision that they are doing, that's the right decision. It's really going to come down to Harry and Jan for me, and that's why I don't have them first. I watched those guys for Academy for a few games here and there. I did a little bit more of a dedicated focus on them preparing for the podcast. Out of Ayla, Harry, and Jan, the three guys to come up from TLA, those were the two guys where I was like, I mean, they were still good. Don't get me wrong. They won the split. I have question marks about them and being able to get up to speed to this environment. I assume it's going to be very competitive with Team Liquid if they are going for this kind of Korean style, we all know. The, the work ethic of the Eastern players is very, very insane. So if they can't quite step up to that challenge, or maybe they're just quite not ready for the LCS to be on a top team yet, that can easily happen still. So they can easily win still. I have them in second just behind FlyQuest. They can definitely win the split. I think there's a slight chance that a C9 thing happens where maybe they all can't quite get along for whatever reason maybe Piosha coming over isn't as successful maybe summit's still not fully rounding out into a more complete player and they might they might bounce out in like the first round of playoffs or second round of playoffs especially in spring so that's why i have to put them second
0: yeah so for me the i have like in my right up here i have a, a gap between the top two and the rest of the bracket because i think that both these two teams are in title contention and again, it's a very, very marginal spot where FlyQuest is over them. So I agree. Pioshik, huge import. I expect big things from him. J, he's always been Mr. Consistent. A little bit of a drop-off maybe this past year where he wasn't able to qualify for Worlds, but I expect great things out of him as well. Summit, he showed himself great on C9 up until that playoffs run. Great on FPX this past summer. So yeah, with this roster, I think that they're very much in contention for the title. FlyQuest is just that little bit more because we talked a lot about this. Prince, how did they get Prince? This is the other one. Like, what is happening here? Ayla, he's a huge support that I think will quickly integrate, I, I would expect. Spica, finally got a roster. He's been popping off with four pylons around him. And now he's going to be able to actually invest time into getting people ahead, which can then run with it. Impact best top laner in the league for sure for me. I I won't even debate that. I think. And then Vikla, I'm not a hundred percent sure where he's gonna go, but he's going to have that time around this roster. I expect them to lift the trophy in the end.
1: Okay, let's debate. Let's debate impact really, really quickly.
0: <laughs> okay, sure. All right, because
1: I, I I like impact. I think he is definitely in the upper echelon of the top laners in the league, and especially for his role. He fills that that rock kind of role we were talking about last episode really, really well. But I think if you compare him as a player to like Fudge or Summit, I, I don't know. I, I'd say maybe even someday. Someday's been kind of, you know, a bit more not as consistent recently, so maybe not quite someday. But I think at the very least, you gotta put summit and and fudge in in that conversation for best toppling like obviously summit we know summit he's the more mechanical guy the awareness isn't always there impact you know he probably has good enough mechanics but he doesn't get to show them off as much because of the role he plays and then i feel like fudge is probably the closest direct comparison to impact because he has that awareness he knows how to play his role really well but you see him play carries in north america and he does really really well on carries in the region he didn't do as great in the couple of attempts he did uh, at worlds this year but he can he can do that and i think that's what like at least for me would put like fudge at the very least on the same level as impact if not better because he can definitely play those both roles and he's enabled to do that and the surrounding stuff around him i think is there and then summit's kind of eh, you know going with his issues but yeah. the mechanics are super exceptional with summit so i feel like he should be in there
0: as well yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from, but I think Impact is a cut above and that's why I've got that huge support behind him. He's not going to be your carry player, but I don't think I've seen this guy lose lane at least by that much ever really. Like maybe he's gone even here or there, but I don't think I've ever seen him outright lose to be honest. So I that's that's kind of why that level of consistency where he might not be your pop-off player, but I think he he fits his role really, really well, as you said. Within EG last year, he wasn't the carry, but he really fulfilled that role well.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just can't put him clearly above them. Definitely in, in, in the same tier. Like, I, I wouldn't necessarily hate it. Like, if you said, "Oh yeah, I think impacts like slightly better than like Summit or Fudge," I'd agree. But I, I just can't put him like a full cut above. That, that's all I'm, I'm, I'm saying. That's fair. So yeah, anyways, for me, going to a little bit with FlyQuest, I'll keep it a little bit brief. because I, I rambled about them uh, in the last episode as well, like I did with CLG. Love Vikla, love Prince. They're going to come in and probably be the best players in their role in the league, I'd say. Prince especially, maybe he has some level of contention with berserker because berserker was obviously crazy last year but getting to watch prince actually play in the lck whereas berserker was just in the challengers league prince was crazy prince was absolutely crazy in the lck so the only thing i'm really concerned with the bot lane is ayla because prince has that skill ceiling it's there 100 percent. and ayla was great in academy i loved watching him play by far and away the most confidence i had out of those three tla players getting promoted but there is going to be, you know, that kind of same demand there. I didn't really talk about Busio much this episode, but same kind of dynamic with Lift. Busio was great in academy, but he's going to have a lot of pressure playing with Doublelift. Ayla's going to probably be in a similar situation playing with Prince. So hopefully both of those guys can be able to step up into their role because if they can't it's going to be a huge help to their team. And then I'll, sum, I'll summarize it again from the last episode. Impact, Spika, absolute great rock role players. They both will do exactly what you need them to do to help win you a game. Spika can pop off, but he doesn't have to. Again, impact, I'm sure he can, but he never has to. He can just play his role. Ayla, again, if he does well, he is going to be able to just be another great role player to help supplement what Vikla and Prince are going to do, which is one or two v8 carry. I shouldn't say two v8 carry, that's disrespectful to the other guys, but they'll be the two main carries every single game. And that's going to be the way that FlyQuest is going to take over for sure. If all of these guys just play their role, Ayla is solid right out of the gate. There is no doubt in my mind that FlyQuest is going to be number one. Totally agree. Well, and on that note, we'd like to thank you all for sticking around till the very end of Episode 3 of the Western Focus Podcast. Between all the hot and cold takes, it's clear that there's going to be a lot of excitement for Western League of Legends this year. Reach out to us on our socials, link in the description, and tell us your own power rankings for the upcoming season. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And make sure to follow the No Rival Network on Spotify as more episodes release throughout the 2023 season. That'll do it for today, and we'll see you all again soon.